contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors, real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will be your guide on your journey to self-mastery of your construction business. Connect with us on social media at Hammer and Grind Podcast. You can find us on all the social media platforms. We're pretty hot on TikTok right now. You can also check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group, where we have free trainings and conversations to help you with your business. Or you can level up by joining our paid coaching group called the Profit Club. You can find out more information at hammerandgrind.com forward slash the Profit Club. On today's show, we got a special guest, Robert Molinay. Uh, Robert is a man who has committed himself to being the fulcrum of change for how the male shows up in his family's lineage. He's a father, a husband, a business owner, and he's working to constantly find out what the road to self-mastery has in store. Robert, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So just to be <laughs> completely transparent, this is our second time recording the podcast uh, the first time we had some audio issues. So I appreciate you being on here again, Robert. I know your schedule's pretty busy right now. So uh, we're going to be talking about Robert uh, and his journey to self-mastery. Robert has really devoted himself to being the best version of himself, you know, self-mastery. And I just want to pick his brain and find out what he's done, how he's applied it to his business. So Robert, Again, thanks for being on the show. I want to start off by asking, and just, I mean, just a 30,000-foot view, what kind of prompted this desire in you to kind of better up, level up to, to be the best you can be? It's a really interesting question. I spend actually quite a bit of time reflecting on that. And uh, I think it just comes down to, I was tired. I, w- I was tired of being, running the rat race, being stuck in the same routine that seemingly was going nowhere. You know, business was growing. All the all the thing all my world around me was growing, but I was stuck in the same spot repeatedly over and over again. I felt like I was making everybody's lives better, but my own life was seemingly either stuck or perceivably getting worse. And I knew I had to do something to change it. I think that's pretty common for a lot of people, man. I mean, I've I've been there myself. I do want to take a step back for a second. Why don't you kind of tell us what you do, like what industry you're in, where you're located, that kind of general stuff? Yeah, for sure. I um, I I started a company called Sierra Landscape Management in northern New Jersey in 2004. So we started off as a being a typical landscape contractor. Anything that was outdoors, we did. And then about five years ago, we started niching down. And and today, the current version of Sierra specializes solely in building outdoor living environments inspired by nature. Uh, and what that basically means is we, we create outdoor living spaces using natural materials. We don't use, you know, man-made materials, you know, man-made veneers, man-made pavers, things like that. Uh, we use natural materials to create scenes in people's properties that very closely mimic the edges of what you would find in nature. So they could have a little bit of, uh, nature in their own lives without having to, let's say, 
go to a park and take a walk in the woods. Yeah, and I would add, I've seen your work, Robert. It's absolutely breathtaking and, and just gorgeous work. Uh, I mean, Robert's the real deal doing high, high-quality uh, landscaping projects. So you said you were you were just tired. How, how long were you in business before you kind of made this decision to just start investing in yourself? So we started the business in, I started the business in 2004. So that's what, 18 years. It was probably, it was about three years ago where I got super serious on on making a change and and what i mean is like being intentional you know seeking seeking mentors and coaches and and things like that awesome and i don't know if you listened to the last podcast robert i talked about being intentional in 2022 have you heard that one yet uh it's on my playlist for today actually all right i think you'll enjoy that because i i kind of it kind of was a uh, came from our last podcast we recorded, and uh, it's something I really wanted to talk about. So this is going to play really nicely into that. So being intentional in everything that you do. Now I've known you for about a couple years, and I've seen kind of your glow up, if you want to call it that, to be trendy in the last couple of years. So what did that? I mean, let me take a step back. What was life before for Robert? prior to this new journey that you went on? What was life like? It was, I was living contractor rich. Uh, it was, it was amazing at times. You know, when it was high, it was, it was high. Money in the bank, buying things, doing whatever we wanted. And when it was bad, it was really bad. How are we going to pay the mortgage? Do I have to buy my kids the generic peanut butter? Or can I even buy the peanut butter? And and that was a cycle. And that would happen seasonally. You know, there'd be times where we had 100K at the bank. And there'd be times where I literally didn't have work two days out. And and that would cycle. And it was an emotional roller coaster, not just for myself, but for my for my family. Looking back on it, I I don't regret anything because I think it makes us who we are, but I wish I took action sooner because I've only cost myself and and my family, you know, a, a tremendous amount of time, which is the most important thing: time with their father, time with their husband, uh, and money. Well, that's I mean that's pretty powerful what you just said. I, I think a lot of contractors out there have struggled with this, are struggling with it. I know I've struggled with it. You know, I I call this the crazy cycle, right? Where the up and down, the up, you know. You're not making enough money, so you got to work more hours. Then you start to get a little bit of money, and maybe you're working too much. So then the family starts complaining that you're never around, so you stop working. Like It's just this crazy cycle of endlessness of ups and downs like you just described. So you, you got to a point where it's like enough is enough, right? And you're like, I have to make a change. I have to do something. What was that decision like? How did you come to that decision? Like, I guess I'm trying to word this right. So... What did you do to like seek out change? Like, did you just get on Google and search? Did you talk to another contractor? Like, how did that come about? Cool. So, so I guess what I'm hearing is what was the compelling moment that, that caused me to shift? Yeah. I mean, the, the, what was the moment? And then how did you go about starting that process? I guess it's kind of a two part question. Fair enough. So, I mean, prior to that moment, I mean, I knew self-help books existed, but you know, I told myself they weren't for me. I didn't need them. What was the value, right? So the 
short, semi-short version is I had a client who brought me into his property to share his vision with me. It was a six-figure backyard he wanted to build. He was doing very well in business, and he wanted to have a new space to make memories with his family. And he shared his vision with me. And I came across as arrogant. I, I didn't listen to his needs, which I think was the most important thing. Basically shot down what was important to him and told him what I thought he should do with his backyard. And you know, at the end of that, that set of meetings and interactions, I didn't understand why I didn't get the job. And he called me up about two weeks after the fact. And, you know, he, he had mentioned that something was bothering him. And quick backstory is he was a previous client. I'd worked for him about five years before doing something much smaller. And he'd see me around town for a while. And he goes, Robert, you know, you're a craftsman. You're capable, you and your team are capable of building amazing spaces. But you're a horrible salesman. He goes, you know, and he told me, he goes, you didn't listen to me. I, I didn't feel important. And... You know, because of that, we're just we're just not going to do anything. We're going to, you know, go buy a boat or something, and and that's exactly what he did. And I I walked away from that conversation angry. You know, how dare this guy talk to me like that? Because nobody had ever confronted me in that manner. But I'm a very direct person, if you know me. So I may not have liked it at the time, but in the end, I appreciate it. So I went home. I googled this man. And found out he was a business coach. He was a branding coach and a, and a marketing and a business coach. And I sat on it for about 48 hours. And I reached back out to him. And I said, look, I, I don't know what you do. But I need help. And looking through you know, your, your website and your business, I wonder if you could help me. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this is like, it's like a $500 conversation, right? That's what I'm thinking. And he goes, okay, well, are, are you ready? Are you ready to get serious? And I was like, you know, again, in the back of my mind thinking, oh, this is a $500 conversation. Yeah, sure, whatever. What do I got to lose? And, and he presents me with his initial entry-level package, which was 10K. 10K for one-hour meetings, 2,500 bucks an hour. And I was just like, blown I was blown away because I didn't have the money and I knew I was stuck I knew I needed to do something but something stood out to me I couldn't sleep for like 2 days my gut told me that I would be silly to not take action on this offer and you know at the end of the day what I had to do was call my credit card company which had a it was a business credit card already had like I don't know 35 40 grand on it expenses that shouldn't have been there in the first place and uh, asked for a limit increase. They gave it to me. I called them back up and I said, all right, we move forward. And that was the moment of change, that, that interaction with that man, which caused me to go down, exposed me to the world of being better, seeking mentorships, coaching. Simon Sinek was a, was a big part of that. He introduced me to Simon Sinek and I Sat there for probably two weeks straight, just ingesting like as much Simon Sinek as I could, and it ultimately led me to you know places like where we were, you know, hooked up in in uh, you know a contractor training group. Well, that's uh, well. First thing is I love Simon Sinek. Uh, his book Infinite Game is a must read if you guys haven't read that yet. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I know like you and I are kind of similar personalities. And so I know, I mean, I, I like you, I'm very direct and I crave feedback, right? But I know that if a customer called me up and was like, basically, you suck at your job, <laughs> like that would be kind of devastating to me and, and kind of like what you said. But it was what you needed to hear, right? Like it was the wake up call for you. And you started to, to seek out, you know, you, obviously you hired him. I'm assuming he gave you a lot of, you know, pointers and put you in the right direction to start this journey. What other types of investments in yourself have you done? Like, is it all business related? Is it all sales? Like what type of, you know, uh, programs or coaching have you sought out? That's a great question because, you know, initially, initially what happened was there were, there were things within the business that were broken. There was, you know, the, the money wasn't right. The sales process wasn't right. The marketing message was off. Those are all very important things, you know, because at the end of the day, you can produce, you can produce work, you can, you can build amazing things. But if those systems are not in place, you're just running your business into the ground. And, and full transparency, those were very easy to correct. They took a lot of work, a lot of hours. We had to hire some people and I had to burn the, the candle on both ends for, for a long time to, to get all those things right. But they were a seemingly easy fix. It was a set of systems, a change of a message, some mentorship and getting some people in different seats in the business, hiring some people that helped with that. The bigger picture was what happened after that, right? Because I think we all know that not everybody is meant to be a leader, right? Everybody is capable of being a leader, but not everybody is ready to be a leader. And it's not a two-day course you can take. It's, it's not a Simon Sinek or a Tony Robbins seminar you can go sit in. And it's not a matter of years of experience. You know, I, I think, you know, being like, I think there's probably a lot of owner-operators that work within this company. You know, you bring in, you bring in those people that you're like, hey, this guy's got 25 years of experience. But we don't ask, like, does he have 25 years of experience with a team or working by himself? You know, you bring these people in that are capable of producing, but they're not capable of being leaders because they don't have the people skills. And that's the reality is we're, we're not in the contracting business. We're in the people business. We're on this earth to have relationships. And it's the relationships that make things happen. So initially it was business. And then once I got the business in place, which took, I don't know, six months, a year, something like that, I started saying, looking internally, right? I said, okay, I've now created this space. I'm, I'm no longer working nights. I'm no longer working weekends. I have a team that's kind of building things, but I still have turnover from employees. I, I, I still don't wake up feeling good about myself. What am I going to do with this extra time? So I started looking internally, you know, and, and started to look to surround myself with people that maybe were looking for a similar journey. You know, I, I jumped into the 75 hard program. That was very big for me. Helped me with a lot of personal discipline, uh, developing grit. Been through that several times. That's been very helpful for me, as well as surrounding myself through another a family coaching group, a, a group that's uh, set up to, to, it's based for men. It's a men's coaching group, and it's all fathers and business owners like myself. And it's primarily based around building that long-term relationship with with our children and our families, our wives, our spouses. So, okay, chicken or the egg. So if someone, if you're talking to a contractor, somebody calls you up and says, hey, my business is screwed up, everything's screwed up, where would you tell them to start 
in terms of improving? I mean, would you start with the business or do you need to get the right mindset first? Like, what would you say is like the most important area to start in? It's a really hard question to answer. I mean, the bottom line is the business has to be, it has to have the basics down, you know, because you could be the nicest, most personally stimulating person in the world. And if you are just blowing your money or you're not profitable, you don't have a business. So I would think on a base level, you need to have some basic business stuff down. You need to have you need to have oxygen. You need to have enough of a system to have your funnels being fed, your leads coming in. You have to have at least a basic sales process, which you know is going to take those those prospects and convert them to paying clients. And then when you actually have that happen, you need enough of a system to make sure that that work is efficient and profitable. They don't need to be these massive, robust systems. You know, if you're a small company, you can survive with you know, some basic spreadsheets and just a little bit of accountability you know, and a good accountant. But those are all semi-easy fixes. The business will never go beyond a certain point if you don't fix yourself. Right. And, and that's you know, making the assumption that we're all broken. I think in a way we are all broken because in a lot of ways, the, the life we're living is not our own life. It's a life that was you know, created by those before us, you know, parents, guidance counselors, coaches, you know, basically what's, what's referred to as domestication. We're living somebody else's life very often. And that's also what contributes to like inferiority, inferiority complexes and, and just not believing that we're capable of more than the life we're already living. Yeah. I mean, I agree hundred percent with what you just said. It's easy to look at a business and say, oh, well, you know, your, your production's not very well. Like you, you're, you need to work on your production, right? Like it's your guys, you don't have a players or they're not trained well enough, or you don't have a good system for invoicing. Like those are fairly easy things from an outside perspective to look at and say, you need to fix these, you know, this, 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 and this. And I think you would agree that the hard thing though, is working on yourself, right? Like I couldn't tell Robert, hey, you need to work on these things personally. I mean, I could maybe say, oh, your sales isn't very good. You need to be more, you know, communicate better. But what's the underlying reasoning behind why you're not communicating well, right? Like, did, did your, were your parents like that? And they just, that's how you learn. So to your point of, you know, our belief systems are developed mostly before we're the, you know, by the age of eight. Right. And then we, you know, they serve us well as kids and then we become adults and we still hang on to those belief systems and they don't serve us anymore. So that's, I would say, like the mindset part of it is probably the most difficult and also the most important. Myself, I just invested in a mindset course because I just want to be better. Right. Uh, I want to be the best version of myself. And I know there's some trash in my head I need to get rid of. And so I think it's important to say that if you're, like you said, Robert, if you're like, if you're not even making money, right? Like you're in the hole, you shouldn't be investing in mindset or, you know, communication skills or anything like that. You need to be looking at your business first and figure out like what's, and and also what's, because some of these things are easy. Like some of these are just a minor little, you know, uh, switch or a twig tick. And it's like, now you're producing 10% more profit. Like some of these things are fairly easy. So back to you and and your journey, and you don't have to say like how much money you've spent, but I know that you've spent a lot of money on personal development 
is that money well invested? Have you seen a return? Like, I know sometimes it's hard to like put a money value on like a mindset shift, right? But obviously, it does help you in your business and your personal life. And again, I don't, I don't, you don't have to tell me how much money you've spent, but like, how is it all played in a part? Like, have you seen results as, as, you know, as investing in this? Like, how has that all worked out for you? Yeah, for sure. It, it, there's definitely a return. I think initially, it's, it's like anything, it takes time. You know, initially, especially once you start getting into, you know, one-on-one type coaching scenarios, those can be very, those investments can be pretty heavy at times. Uh, those are big numbers for a lot of us. So initially, you know, you're laying out money just like you would in any business. You're going to lay out money for marketing. You're going to lay out money for equipment, tools, people, things like that. Uh, it's just a tool. It's a resource. And it takes time. And, and most importantly, it, it takes work. You know, I, I think we've both known people in these groups that have come and gone. They've wasted a lot of time and they've spent as much money as we've spent and they've gotten much less of a result because they, they weren't intentional about doing the work. You know, so, and, I, and to be fair, I think that's why a lot of these groups have such high price points. The price point has to be high enough where it's going to almost force you to take action. You know, we all know these $79, $99 programs that, there's hundreds or thousands of people that sign up for them, and half of them don't even know that they're paying a monthly subscription fee because the number's not, it doesn't hurt, right? You know, when that first, when my first coach said it was 10 grand for four hours, I went to the bathroom in my pants. It was, it was insane. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around how somebody, how a doctor or lawyer is worth 250, 350 bucks an hour, how this guy's worth 2,500 bucks an hour. But the reality is he had the information that I needed to change my life. Direct ROI. I mean, you know, I've been on, I've been at this for a little under three years. I now have an actual budget. The company pays for growth, not just to myself, but my employees. It's part of our training. I have a number that I work with. It's actually gone down. First couple of years, I, I was investing more. Uh, and it was, it was well into the five figures. It wasn't a small amount. It's returned itself 10x. You know, I'm not going to get into the specific of the numbers, my business, but my business grew 87% this year. And I, and I shared this number via our group. My, my personal net worth, my, my net worth based upon investments that I've since made, uh, some financial shifts I've made has gone up 2,700%. It's not, that's not like, that's a huge number. Did you, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say 2,700%? Correct. In three years, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. And and, and to be fair, let's just say you, you, let's just say you weren't starting with like five dollars. <laughs> I mean, so. <laughs> you had more than five dollars, and you didn't go twenty seven hundred percent. Like you, this is significant. Well, yeah. I mean, so when I hired that coach, you know, and a lot of it started. It started with a a retirement program that I had that I really it was flat. It wasn't. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't active in it. And this is about three years ago. I. Uh, I had about 30 grand. And in my head, that was my nest egg. My business was unprofitable. I was unhappy. That 30 grand was going to maybe be 100 or 150 or 200 grand. And that was going to be my retirement. And, you know, at the time, that was all that I had. Well, in that growth journey, I I hooked up with a financial advisor and, and, you know, people I trusted that helped me not only contribute significant amounts more towards my investments but also put my investments in places that were lucrative, right? And I, and I think anybody that was in the stock market knows the last couple of years, it's gone up significantly. 
you know, I mean, it's not to say that everybody's going to see that type of growth, but I had, I made a journey into some extremely high risk investments, you know, legal stock market investments, but like hydrogen fuel cells, things like that. And they blew up. And that alone, you know, took that 30 grand. And I mean, it was probably 15, 20 X just on that alone, on top of being super intentional about every week contributing money, not just to my own investments, but to my children's investments. They all have accounts set up. We contribute to them. Each of my children uh, has an investment account, which has been set up by me and my wife. And by the time they're my age, if they don't take from it, they'll all be millionaires and they won't have had to do anything from it. But all those things come down to just being intentional and having the right people in your corner to advise you in the right direction. Yeah, guys, everyone listening to this, I mean, that's that's literally how you set a legacy for your family. Like, that's how you set them up to to succeed. I I personally am not where you're at with my kids and and their their funds. So, I mean, I got to get the ball mo- moving on that. But I want to go back to something you said, which is, well, you didn't really say this, but I want to get to this. Did you? So the twenty seven hundred percent increase in, in net worth or value, or however, however you worded that, did you change anything in the way that you, like, like, did you change products that you deliver? Did you change the process of how you actually produced the results for your customers? Absolutely, 100%. We got super serious about branding. You know, prior to, prior to bringing in this coach, you know, we were your typical company. We'd show up, three different vehicles, three different colors, two different logos. You know, guys wearing three different color uniforms. The message was inconsistent. The numbers were inconsistent, and we got all that. We got all that in line. We've we've gotten our digital presence and our community presence. I mean, super refined. You know, today we show up, and no matter how many vehicles are sitting at that curb, they're all identical. They're all wrapped the same way. Our guys are all wearing the same shirts. Our message, whether you're on Facebook, social, you're looking at our our billboard. That's hanging at the little league, you know, fence at the park. They're all the same. You know, it's that consistency because people trust brands. When you show up consistent as a brand, it builds trust. And then what happens is that when those people call, they already trust you. So they're going to be far more likely to enter into your world and trust your process and trust your information. Than if you're a little bit or quite a bit more messy, you know, and that's the thing I see all the time is inconsistency. You know, we see the, you know, our competitors, you know, they, they hire a marketing company, they go super heavy for three months and then they drop off and we don't see them for six months. And then they come back and they're like, Hey, we're back. You know, well, in that six months, everybody else has left. They've gone somewhere else. Consistency is key a hundred percent, you know, so not only that, but you know, inevitably, as we've done all these things, it, it takes time, it takes money. And so we've had to raise our prices. We are not the cheapest kid on the block. And in many ways, we are top shelf. However, we provide a level of value and customer service, I believe that's unprecedented in our area. And, and that is, that's a big shift, is being super intentional about the value that we provide. Because you know, I think a lot of times we wrap our heads around the thought that people are concerned about money. Look, at the end of the day, it's a home improvement. We have to have, they have to have the money to purchase the product. That's a non-negotiable. If they don't have the money, we're not doing business. 
But more importantly than the money, they want to feel important. They want to feel respected. And they want to feel like their time is valued. They don't want to be running around, making phone calls, chasing contractors, getting permits, gathering materials. They want it to be easy. They want a good experience. And if you can make all those things happen seamlessly, the money is secondary every time. I'm glad you went down that road and explained all that. However, I didn't ask the question very well (laughs) because that wasn't really the question I was trying to ask. Did you change, and all that you, everything you just said, I agree with, and it's super important. Uh, I'm very big on branding, you know, vehicle wraps, all that stuff, consistency in your branding. The question I was trying to ask you, Robert, was did you actually change like the product that you put in the ground? Did you change the procedure and how you actually set the stone, like the actual physical work on the job? Did you change that whenever, you know, whenever you started making more money? Did you change how you actually did the job itself? So we niched down. We became much more specific in the things that maybe don't fit our company well. As far as our core products, I would say that the product is consistently the same. What may have changed is on maybe the marketing end, certain certain products that we offer have become branded, right? They've they've gotten signature names, things like that. And the other thing is that the the money, the increase in, in, in profitability has allowed us to make sure that it stays super consistent, that our guys are trained extremely well, and there's no chance that you know, we're going to have to rush off a job because we're not making money or, or we have to cut a corner because we're shy on a material or something like that. So it's allowed us to be far more consistent and provide an overall better product. But core and core the same, our philosophy has not changed as far as wanting to provide the same type of quality product. Well, again, I'm being, I'm, I'm not a very good interviewer here, Robert, because I'm not, I'm not doing a good job. Well, the point I'm trying to make is a lot of contractors believe that in order to make more money, they have to like change the way they do the product, like how they install it. They have to use, you know, they have to, and, and this is, this is true to a point, like you may have to use higher quality products for sure, but all of the changes that you made to get you to that 2,700% increase was not like the stone that you put down. It wasn't the way that you laid the stone or how you laid out the plan for the the patio or whatever. It was all things that were customer focused, like customer um, service type things. It was all, like you said, you got branded and you, you were able to provide a higher quality experience for your customers but yet it wasn't the physical product per se that you were delivering or even the installation of it. It was the everything else except that. And I'm trying to draw the point home is that a lot of people believe that the experience, like quality, like yes, quality is important. I know you know this and quality is important, but a lot of people believe that, oh, if I deliver a high quality product, that's all I have to do. I don't have to be good with service. I don't have to be good with sales. I don't have to worry about my branding. I don't have to have uniforms. All I got to do is deliver a high quality product because that's all the customers care about. I would say it's the opposite. And I understand where that thought process comes from. But the thing is, you you slave away, you work nights, you work weekends, you grind your guys into the ground, you provided a top shelf, amazing world-class product. 
you pull away, they see your taillights fade off into the distance and they never hear from you again. What's the likelihood you're going to ever get a call back from that person? People will buy the experience above the product every single time because inevitably what's going to happen is products are going to age, things are going to fail, stuff's going to happen. When you have a good relationship, you become the first call and you grow your company because you develop long-term clients, lifelong clients. And the lifetime value of the customer grows exponentially because it's not a one and done. And, you know, as, as far as like the quality of the product, it increases because of the investment in the people. The product gets better when you invest in the people, not because you buy a shinier nail or a straighter two by four. And all those things are important. You know, you can't build the Taj Mahal with crappy materials, but you can provide a, a consistent B product with an A plus service. And you'll go f- much further than if you're providing an A plus product with C minus service all day long. Yeah, I love that. I love that saying. I've used similar sayings like that, and I think that's. I think you drove the point home with that saying right there. I, I've also used other things like, you know, a poorly uh, a poor plan executed violently is much better than a than a good plan executed poorly. So if you go heavily on the customer experience and, and deliver a, an acceptable, you know, end product, that's going to be much better than, than you know, a high-end product, but a, a crappy experience. So that's the point I was trying to get to. Did a terrible job of, <laughs> of trying to get there, but I appreciate your patience with me on that. And sure, you, if you can buy a $30,000 piece of equipment, it's going to make your job easier or more efficient. Like, yeah, that's, a, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? But just because you deliver high quality, and I, and I did a TikTok on this the other day, it's like, yes, high quality will get you the phone to ring. You know, if someone sees a high quality picture on Facebook, they may call you because they're interested in what you can deliver. But if the experience, if you answer the phone and you're like, hey, what's up? You know, oh yeah, I can do that, but it's going to be six months before I can even call you back. Like if you're, if you're delivering a crappy experience on the phone, the first contact, the sales process... That's, you're not going to get the job based on that high quality job you did. And that's the point I was trying to make uh, in this TikTok. And, you know, people were wanting to argue with me on that. And that's fine. But with your experience, because you deliver a high end product, I mean, you're doing, you know, 60, 80, 100 plus, $100,000 plus projects. We're not talking about a, you know, $1,000 project or a $5,000 project. I mean, you're doing high end projects. So what would you say? The single biggest piece of advice or, you know, through coaching or your programs that you've done, like investing in yourself, like what was the single most important thing in your opinion that, and it doesn't say I have to like get the highest return of your investment, but maybe it was a mindset shift that actually allowed you to see things differently. Like what would you say it was the most important thing that you've learned in this journey? The number one thing that I think is, is guiding my journey today is is understanding that the narrative in which I have chosen to live my life up until not that long ago was never actually my narrative at all. It was the narrative that was created, like we talked about earlier, you know, through domestication that happens, 
you know, parents, society, coaches, guidance, counselors, life experiences, environmental factors, all that plays into that. And that creates a story we tell ourselves of who we are and what we're capable of, that we're not good on things, that we aren't capable of achieving certain things, that we'll never be whatever it is that we maybe aspire to do, but convince ourselves that we can't do. And being intentional about understanding that that narrative in which we or I have been living my life isn't mine and that I have the opportunity at any age to rewrite that story. And, and that is what is currently guiding my, my journey to want to find out really what I'm made of, you know, is understanding that I can rewrite the story and you can at any age. And I think that's super powerful. I think some, sometimes we feel like we're stuck where we're at and it's never going to change. It, I mean, we do have the power at any moment to change the entire trajectory of our lives and our family's lives and, and the business. So that's super powerful. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a hard stop coming up here, Robert. One last question. What would you say to a contractor who's on the fence about, you know, investing in themselves, whether it's you know, a financial, like how to run, do your numbers or sales process or mindset. Like, what would you just say to them if they're on the fence? Like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to be worth the money or the investment. Like, what would you say to them? Don't focus on the money. Ask yourself deep down what it is that you are willing to do. I, I think a lot of times people, I think we sometimes create these roadblocks of, hey, I'm not going to spend 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 10,000, 20,000, whatever the number is on this program. And it's not because we don't think the program's going to help us. It's because we know deep down subconsciously we're not ready or willing to do the work. So ask yourself, reflect and ask yourself, what is it that you're willing to do? Is it that you're willing to, to not go into the pantry and, and have that extra bowl of goldfish at 11 o'clock at night? You're willing to not open that that sixth beer on a Friday night, you're, you're willing to spend two more minutes walking around the treadmill. You want to go to bed, but you have a stack of receipts in front of you. You're just going to spend five minutes in QuickBooks entering in those receipts. It's whatever it is, whatever your journey is, personal, fitness, family, it doesn't matter. Build small wins within your life because a lot of times we look at the big thing, right? These people run these these ultra marathons, these 100 mile plus 200 mile races. And they don't look at it as I need to run 200 miles in the middle of the desert over 30 hours. They look at it as I just need to take one more step. And if you always just take one more step, it's amazing how far you can go because you don't get consumed with looking at the elephant. Because what's the saying? You, how do you eat the elephant? You eat the elephant one bite at a time. And that's it. You just, you do one thing, one small thing. You get 1% better every day, every time. And when you do that consistently, you will grow exponentially faster and farther than you would if you stay stuck because you're waiting for the time to be right. I got, I got bad news that the time is never going to be right. So you just got to do one step. Awesome. I love that. That's what we did in boot camp, Robert. When I was in the Marines, we went to boot camp and it was like, you live chow to chow. And that's meal for those that don't know what chow is. You just went from one, one meal to the next, from breakfast to lunch, from lunch to dinner. 
and then to breakfast again. And that's how you survive that one step at a time. So I love that. So if, if someone wants to reach out to you or have any questions, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could certainly track me down on socials. Um, not super active on Facebook, but we're there. You know, if you're a member of the Profit Club, you know, please reach out to me. Uh, certainly, you could track my company down. We're all over the internet. You know, YouTube, Facebook, websites, and whatnot. You know, and if they really need to, I guess they can always contact you, and you can you can give them my number if it's uh, appropriate. So, awesome, Robert. Thank you so much for being on the show again. I really appreciate it. Guys, if you want to find out more information about uh, what we're doing, check out our social media platforms, Hammer and Grind Podcast. Also, don't forget to check us out online, hammerandgrind.com, and uh, find out what we're doing there. Appreciate you so much. Until next time, be the best you. 